My dear, if you are listening to this live within the first few days of the episode coming out, I am just about to teach a brand new masterclass for current and aspiring or even considering entrepreneurs. Swipe up to register right now. It's called How to Stop Overthinking It, how to create and launch your next product in less than 30 days with less overwhelm and exhaustion for more confidence and clarity. If by any chance you can't find the link in the description, check my Instagram bio or use the contact button there to send us an email and we will absolutely help you out. I love our Wednesday weekly hangouts here, but I cannot wait to spend some time with you live and stick around for Q&A so that we can personally chat. I will see you very soon. And until then, on with the show. There will be no poppycock present today. You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. We talk often about the highlight reel, specifically on social media, how It looks like everyone has arrived. They are at this place where everything is just working and they are no longer struggling. And especially I find that this happens in our career. I think there's certain areas where if you find the right people to follow about singleness or infertility, there are people that are sharing the honest challenges while they're in the trenches, going through chemotherapy. But floundering in their career, insecure in their business, unsure what they want to be or do with their lives, not making much money, terrified to take the leap to start something. We don't really see that. People don't tend to share that in the moment. If we do see it, it's after they've done it when it's sort of like, oh yeah, years ago I went through that. And simultaneously, we live in a culture that so prizes youth. And I wonder if our emphasis on youthful success is even more exacerbated in the social media age because younger people tend to adopt social media more quickly, thrive at growing their audiences more there. So it's just less common that you're going to see a 50-year-old with a ton of Instagram followers who started her business five years ago. Absolutely, you're going to find that. But it can also make it feel like there are so many young people doing it. And therefore, if you're over 25, you are too late to start now, or you are behind if you don't already have this huge amount of followers. And I think in some ways, it's gotten more exacerbated as we've added Snapchat and TikTok, Musical.ly before that, that have targeted an even younger demographic of like high school kids and younger who are building up these big followings. And therefore, if you're 30 and your audience is not really over on those platforms anyways, but you're seeing these news articles about these kids with hundreds of thousands of followers, it can all the more so exacerbate this feeling of, I missed the boat somehow. I try to be as clear as I can about a few things in my story. Things like how I had how little money I had or or how little money I made in New York City for so many years, that I had another career before this. Um, I didn't just pop out of college and immediately know that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I had a whole career in musical theater. I had a failed nonprofit, the lessons from which is a lot of what helped me start my business, the mistakes that I've made in business, things that I've tried that 
haven't worked out. I've, you know, been really honest about having, I realize, a little bit of a Cinderella complex of hoping that business partners could come in and save my business and then why that ultimately, you know, didn't work. Nothing about them, but truly just about myself, that that, that savior complex was not the answer. That... My apartment isn't because my husband wakes, makes way more money than me. It's not that I have this, this huge salary that has supported me to you know, start this business, that I was single when I was running my business. Also, that I didn't have kids while I was running my business, that that might be something, another time challenge that you are, a time factor that you are juggling or working to overcome that I didn't have. I just try to be as honest as I can that I don't want people to think, this is exactly what I knew I wanted to do at 22, or I could take the risk because I was married and I had a steady paycheck and health insurance and all that, or it happened overnight, or it's always been really easy for me. So whether for you it's considering, you know, looking at my story and you're considering entrepreneurship, or you want to write a book, or your own career goals, I just think realistic work, financial, creative success stories are really important and to notice how often that little whisper of you're behind comes in. Other people are further along, other people are younger, other people got to this point, you know, younger, et cetera. But something that I said recently to my Elegant Excellence Mastermind students on one of our weekly calls that was very impactful for some of them and I felt like it was really important for, for me to say to you is I still feel behind. Quite often, I haven't arrived at some level where I just feel total peace and pride in where I'm at in my business. And I say that as someone who is within, there's a study I'd found that said less than 2% of female-owned businesses make over a million dollars in revenue. So I'm in the less than 2% of people in my field. And I still don't feel that I have arrived. I don't feel total peace. And I think those are two powerful words to me, peace and pride, peace saying like, yeah, I've done so much. I mean, sure, there's more, but I'm great with where I'm at. Or pride is... I mean, there's always other things you could do, but like what I've done is, you know, so impressive. Instead, the what I've realized is I see those 2% most often because they're my colleagues, they're my friends, um, and some of them are younger than me. Some of them started later and are further along than me. Um, some are doing what I do, but they're doing it with multiple kids. And I'm like, I don't know how I could do this and, you know, have a kid. So... I see that all the time. I mean, a good example, I think I have like a thousand reviews on this podcast. I've been doing it for a year and a half and we're nearing a million downloads. The podcast is very successful in terms of like the rankings and all of the things compared to all of the podcasts that are out there. I don't know what the percentage is, but like for sure we're in the top 10%, let's say. You know, it is it is successful. And I know there are so many of you listening that you have 23 reviews. You have 100 reviews on your podcast. And you're like, oh my gosh, if I could just break that thousand review mark, like you can't even imagine. Well, I have a friend who launched a podcast like five seconds ago. And she has over 10,000 reviews. So 
there's always going to be, and and I did have that number in my head. A thousand to me was like a big goal for podcast reviews. I felt like, okay, that kind of pops you into another tier. There's people that have, you know, a, a few hundred. There's people that have like a thousand or a few thousand. Then there's like, you know, 10,000 and above. There's kind of these like general buckets of where you are. And I was like, I'm not trying to have one of those popular podcasts in the entire world, but I wanted to feel successful. So that was a win. I am proud of that. But I also want to be honest that it is like, oh, when you see someone do it so much faster, so much better, I'm putting that in air quotes, based on some sort of you know marker. And a few weeks ago, I did a podcast uh, episode for you on dating and being single. And for years, I felt behind in that area of my life. I grew up planning to get married at 21 or 22. That was normal in the church that I grew up in, in the university that I went to. My boyfriend that I met when I was 18, we were in premarital like classes at 18, 19, like totally planning to get married by 21. So when I reflect on that, I realized that this feeling of behind has kind of been present my whole adult life. I mean, it started early on thinking I'm going to get married and have kids and I didn't have these specific career goals. But then once I got into my first career and into my second career, there's can always be this energy. And so it makes sense to me that, of course, if this mindset has been there for a decade, for decades, whatever, it's not going to just poof disappear when you get the thing, because then you get married and then it's, well, are, are we behind on the timeline to have a kid? And then are we behind on the time to have a second kid? And then what about to get a house? And there's all these personal things that if you have this energy of being behind, they may be satiated by that. It may be once you have your kids, that ticking time clock kind of goes away. That, that may happen. But I also think if this is prevalent in a lot of areas of our lives, then that mindset is there. And it it isn't a light switch that just flips off when we reach some level. There, there is a dimmer switch that gets better, but it's still present. And that idea of behind, I just also acknowledge, it's so arbitrary. I mean, I am quote unquote, ahead based on that one statistic, let's say, of like revenue in your business. You know, I'm ahead of 98% of my colleagues. And yet I still struggle with it. And I don't know if my other colleagues do. Maybe they do have more peace and pride. Maybe there is a level of enough followers, enough money, enough success that people do reach that level. I don't know. I really haven't thought to ask some of them until just now, but I don't think so. At least like my close friends that I'm thinking of right now, I'm pretty sure they're like, well, yeah, but I haven't written a book yet. And well, yes, but I'm still working. You know, they, they, they have other things. They've created another goal that they have someone else in their mind that has done this thing. And they think, if I get to that level that I see her at, then I think I would have more peace and pride. And I wonder, maybe, I think in my head, I do have people in, like, I think that the Glennon Doyles and the Brene Browns and the Gabby Bernsteins, I think 
they've probably got all the peace and pride, right? Like they've accomplished so much. Like they're multiple New York Times bestselling authors. They've clearly established themselves as prolific. They've got to have, right? Like the Elizabeth Gilbert, like she's got to have peace and pride, right? Like she's got to have that. But I don't know. I haven't interviewed any of those people personally to ask them. So I think that for for most, but most of us, are not going to be Clinton Doyle, right? So if that's the level we have to get to, then that in and of itself is pretty daunting. So in some ways, I'm kind of verbal processing here, in some ways, I don't know that us finding out they do have peace and pride really helps us if not none of us here are going to be the next Brene Brown, you know, right? Um, So I want to be honest with that struggle, but I also, I say this to my Elegant Excellence Mastermind girls all the time, I want to be honest about my limps, but that doesn't mean you need to mimic them or accept that limp for yourself. So just because I'm saying I struggle with feeling behind at this at this point, I don't mean that to be a truth for you. As I get more successful in my business, I too will continue to feel behind and there's just no way around that unless I become the next Brene Brown. I don't think that that is the the reality. But I want to be vulnerably honest about it so you realize, because this this woman in my mastermind, it came up because she was like, I realize like you and Taylor Swift are like on the same pedestal to me. Like you guys are both the apex And I am trying to be you like this month. I'm comparing myself to you. And I was so grateful she said that because I was able to be like, well, let's be honest. None of us is going to be Taylor Swift this month, right? Or this year. Like we're not going to be a global superstar, whatever accolades you have of her. So when when you separate those, you realize, oh, yeah, okay. Taylor Swift, Brene Brown, these are like a different level of life goal. But I am equating myself more so to what your version of Hillary Rushford might be. You know, I'm saying these are my colleagues where I'm like, she's just a girl. She's just a girl that's not that's not a one in a million Brene Brown's TED Talk takes off. She's just a woman who started a business, who's helping people, who's doing online courses, who's writing books, whatever. Like, if she can do it, I can do it. And I think those are the times we feel more intense. Like, I'm okay that my life doesn't look anything like Blake Lively's, you know? But when it comes to my girlfriend, who I text with, who I see on Instagram, who's in my industry, it becomes, or or even who I looked up to as one of my, you know, early teachers, etc. That's where you think, I feel behind her, but you don't think she still feels behind too, though. The behind is the mindset. It isn't necessarily the reality of the circumstances around you. The circumstances help, but they aren't the only answer. And I think by this focus, we either hustle and burn out like the last two episodes because we're like just a little bit more, just work a little bit harder, just push a little more, go, 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 go. I'm going to reach this level or we don't start. We just stay stuck because we're like, I am so far behind, what is the point of even trying? And you'll notice that as much of my teaching as possible is for a lot of stages and stories. And so you know, it's, it's business wisdom to say niche down to exactly who you want to talk to. You got to exclude people in order to be able to speak to them. 
different topic for a different day. There's a ton of wisdom in that. But it's why, for example, when I create something like my Creative Business Accelerator course, I say you can be years in or totally brand new. And that's because whether you are exhausted from your past launches and you're like, oh, I just, I, I want to create another product, but it feels so hard. Or you are totally overwhelmed to just launch your first time. You're like, I just, I don't know. It seems like so much. Both of those mindsets are saying, I feel like it's probably easier for others. It feels too hard for me. And there's probably some puzzle piece that I'm missing, that I am probably delinquent in some way that it just seems like it's easier for other people, right? All these people just start businesses. All these people just grow businesses. What's wrong with me? And that mindset, I want you to know, I am a decade into a multi-million dollar business and I still feel that way. I still look at some of my colleagues and I'm like, gosh, it just looks so easy for her. How is her Instagram so big? How does she have so many podcast reviews? How does it seem like she's so not stressed? Like, And the reality is I also don't even know so much of the stuff behind her, like behind the scenes, even of women that I'm friends with. I don't know what their every day-to-day is like. I don't know what their inner anxiety levels are like. I don't know about their you know, inner security. I just know that there are so many things on a daily basis that I could feel behind on, I'm not doing this in my business, I'm not at this level, I'm not at this metric. And that from that place, back to the wand, from those thoughts of shame and scarcity, I'm then going to take actions and have results that just make it heavier, make it harder, make it more stuck. And this little mini three-part series we're talking about is saying, in essence, how do we make it easier? And so the tools that I talked about in the last two episodes, the self-coaching, tracking, celebrating, listening to my body, trusting myself, that is all a, a more regular, more intentional way of being that I try, for sure not always there, but I try more often to acknowledge how far I've come, to acknowledge how much I've done, And if nothing else, at least catch when I'm feeling that insecurity in comparison, notice that thought. Because if something is present with you every minute of the day, you don't notice it. If you just have a constant throbbing pain in your back, you start to kind of tune. It's just always there. Whereas if it comes up out of nowhere, you're like, oh, that was weird. Just wonder what what that you know was from, and you like dig into it more, and you notice it. So the when that is just your pervasive subconscious life view of I'm behind, then it colors everything. And as you can start to make make some actions to prove to yourself that you actually are able to do things and celebrate those things, it doesn't mean that it's not there. It just allows it to be less often. So you can notice it and be like, this is a crappy feeling to feel. (laughs) I don't want to lean into this feeling anymore. The triggers are still there. They're just less there because I have taken action. I, I have the receipts, so to speak, in my business and life of everything I've done. And because I've grown a healthier mindset. And it's both of those to me. In some ways, the actions you take will give you more confidence. And no matter how many levels you achieve, it will never feel enough if you don't have the mindset that is supporting it. 
And I also avoid some of those triggers. I have a lot of friends that I don't follow on Instagram love them, support them, huge champions of them. Sometimes they just post so often on Instagram or the kinds of content they post just makes me like, it just can be triggering. I can be like, oh, this girl is posting all the time. Just makes me feel every day like, right, I'm not posting as regularly. And I just don't think about that when I'm following some travel account, some news account, I because I'm not comparing myself to them. Or it just might be the content that they're posting and the fact that they're just like always talking about how much they've got going on. And I can be like, well, all I'm doing is like sitting home writing this book, but it seems like they're writing a book and 29 other things. And I don't know how they're feeling about that. All I know is I don't want to to feel shame that I'm not doing 29 other things. I want to be proud. So I'm just going to lovingly unfollow for this season because they don't need my, my follow. This is about, is it blessing my life? But... I also can't avoid that altogether unless I want to live in a hole and have no friends and no colleagues. And that's not the reality. I want to be able to be friends even with some of the same women that could trigger me in this. And therefore, it's also the mindset. It's also my being able, you know, I say so often, confidence comes from action, not thought. Confidence comes from action, not thought. It doesn't mean that the thought doesn't matter because it does. We talk about the wand. We talk about mindset on here all the time. But your brain is really smart and it wants to see the facts. It doesn't want to just be like, you're beautiful, you're amazing. And you're like, yeah, 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 show me the receipts. Actions are your facts. When you have a thought that says, I can't do this. I can't launch a business. I can't launch this product. When you have action in your past that can prove is your facts, you can counter that thought to yourself. Be like, well, but you did this. If you haven't taken that action, then you can only reply with like, yeah, I mean, you have no reason to believe that you can do this. You know, you haven't done it before. So For me, in this season, as I've shared, I'm writing my book, I'm maintaining my business, and I'm doing my best to avoid burnout. And those three core priorities, the actions within them, are giving me the confidence that I am doing the best I can for myself in this season. And yes, there are still going to be things that can pop up any day that tell me I'm behind and I'm not doing enough. But I have the the daily proof to say, but look, you laid out a book map and for three months, you're totally on top of it. You're, you're doing amazing. You're going to hit this headline. And you've never written a book before. You had no idea what you were doing when you made that book map. It could have been completely wrong. And look at that. Look at what you've done to counter the thought of, seriously? She has 10,000 Instagram, I mean, she has 10,000 podcast reviews in like five seconds. Like, (sighs) both of those things can be true. But the more that I have taken the action, the more I can be honest with my brain. Like, but look at all that you've done. And use all of my mindset work to focus on that and, and choosing that. But if you feel behind, I'm with you. Like, honestly, I don't want you to think that it just goes away with some milestone. It absolutely gets better, but it still is a thought. And it's why I've talked about 
creating the Elegant Excellence Journal and how it's changed my life. Creating Creative Business Accelerator, which revolutionized how I did my my launch of my latest uh well, but it, it, my launch of that product, <laughs> it was a meta experiment to say, can I make this easier and simpler for myself, write it down, and then package it up? But those things are that I needed those tools to simplify, to show myself that I can not get burnt out, to choose less but better priorities so I can be more proud and peaceful of what I have accomplished. Most of what I teach, I am on the path with you. I may be further down the path, but I am here. And I think that that is what was so powerful in that conversation with my mastermind to say like, girl, I still feel behind too. I I haven't, that's not a distant feeling. You know, we even talked about this in my, uh, the episode on dating did I say this in the episode? I can't remember. But um, if I didn't, here you go. That n- now I am married and I love my marriage. I think I did say this. I love my marriage. And for me, I have total peace in my marriage. I'm not worried that my husband is going to leave me. I'm not worried that he's going to cheat on me. That just happens to be, you know, my my past, my lived experience, whatever. But I'm afraid he's going to die. <laughs> I'm constantly terrified that he's going to die. Just because... I got the thing doesn't mean it instantly comes with a piece. The mindset of it feels so sad to be alone is still true. It's still true today. It's just that today I'm not alone. And yesterday I wasn't alone. The day before I wasn't alone. So it is, is it better? Is it way less painful than when I was single? A hundred percent. And is it still is that the fear still there? Yeah. And um, therefore, I, I am continuing to do the work on my mindset. I know that I want to go to therapy about that. I know that I want to heal that. I've got decades and decades of life to live. I don't want to spend the next 50 years of my life terrified every day, you know, that something is going to happen to Jeremy. And in the same way, I don't want you to be pursuing your creative vision thinking I'm not happy right now. I'm not proud of myself right now. I'm not peaceful with where I'm at right now. But if I just push a little harder, I'm going to get there. I am pretty sure that if you and I sat down a coffee tomorrow and you walked me through everything you've done, I would be really impressed. I think that there is more you have overcome, more you have grown in, more you have made happen, more you have helped. More Like I think that you should be more proud of yourself for that than you probably are today. And the, the more you focus on that, the better mindset you'll be in to do more of what matters most, not to like be more productive all across the board, but to be to do more of what matters most from that positive, peaceful uh, pride energy so that you get more of it and you know and sort of go upward on the cycle. The, the the funnel, you know, we talk about the 22 steps to feel better episode. It's like instead of spiraling down, we spiral up. So you do spiral up with every action to thought and action to thought. And I believe by taking better action, which my hope is through these three podcast episodes, it has helped you to do that. Through the teachings and the trainings that I have out there, it helps you to do that, to take better action, to have better thoughts, 
to ultimately be kinder to yourself. And from that place, I can tell you from a fact, uh, for a fact, you will do more of what matters most, better and easier. I think while I still have those moments of insecurity and comparison, I am kinder to myself and I am more confident because of my actions and my thoughts. And that from that kind and confidence place is really the foundation of why I've made such better choices for my life that are making it better and better. And I'm taking that spiral up and I want to help bring you along with me. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. If you want to run your business easier, you have got to join me for this masterclass, Stop Overthinking It. Swipe up, save your seat. I will be teaching it twice live. I will tell you all about my Creative Business Accelerator course, and you can read tons of reviews from your colleagues to see how this teaching has truly helped their business and their life. I am so passionate about helping you make your life have more joy and less overwhelm, and I just hope that you will let me Swipe up and I'll see you there with grace and gumption. You're welcome in advance. Till next Wednesday.